What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Heart Podcast, episode 234. This is the first episode of 2023, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we hope you guys all had a great holiday and a happy new year. And today we have a great episode for you guys. We are all so excited about this one. It is truly wild and probably something most of you haven't heard of. Today we are going to be discussing breatharianism. Have you heard of that? I hadn't. Nope. I hadn't either. Eater. Eater. I hadn't either. <laughs> I'd never heard of that. <laughs> this is such an interesting concept here, you guys. We are going to be talking about people who claim that not eating is the path to enlightenment. Right. And they claim that they didn't eat for very long periods of time. Well, it, it's specifically surviving off of air. Because, yeah. I mean... When you put it that way, somebody could say, well, people fast, right? Yeah. People of various religions. But I'm talking fasting, about like, things like people this. claim like 17 years. Right. Right. Long periods. Which I think most would think is not humanly possible, but according to them, it is. Yeah. Well, we will be the judge of that today. But technically, we're all breatharians according to um, people that, you know, identify as such. Well, we do breathe air. Well, not only that, but it's so breatharianism too, just, just in a nutshell is like, it's more than just like the physical acts of like, I don't eat food and I, you know, yeah, I consume air and meditate and things like that. But it's, it's more of a, it's a spiritual mm-hmm. movement in a way. It's like the idea that, you know, the breath of breath of life, breath of God was brought into you as a human being made you alive, that that's really all you need to sustain yourself, mm. but it's being able to elevate yourself to you know, higher levels of, of consciousness and higher vibration that you can transcend or ascend and become one with God. Yes, through according this, through to the this way of life. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So before we get started, I just wanted to give a little trigger warning. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about people who don't eat. And I know that that could definitely be kind of upsetting to some people out there. So just, just wanted talking to give about that diets warning. in general, yeah. you know, some. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to hear about that kind of stuff. So we're going to be discussing several different breatharians and breatharian movements and sort of their, each of them have sort of their own flavor of yeah, breatharianism and their own. Lots of flavors here. You know, path. But none at all at yeah, the same time. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because this is something that's been around for actually quite a, quite a long time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is still, still a thing today. The, the two breatharians we're talking about are still, I believe, still around today and their their movements are expanding and people join and there's a there's a lot of controversy much like in our, our previous episode about sherry schreiner of mm-hmm. is this a cult yeah that's the question would this be considered a cult and it's hard because we're going to go back to the same conversation of like <laughs> yeah. you know is everybody who shares a philosophical idea in a cult you know and and you again looking at the d- definitions of cults it varies depending on what what definition you look at, and it'll be interesting to kind of dive into this and see if you think breatharianism is really a cult, or if one of these individuals who lead their flavor of breatharianism is a cult within itself. So, mm-hmm. very interesting stuff. And Josh is sipping on a 5D food over there, some Diet Coke, mm. which is According allowed. According to Wiley Brooks, who we'll be talking about here in a moment, but mm-hmm. yes, Diet Coke, McDonald's. All good to go. Good stuff for your spiritual enlightenment. Powering your soul. I tend to agree, honestly. <laughs> so hey, after you I have some McDonald's, agree. Mm, 
McDonald's is the best, man. Janelle's a big fan. There's a reason I why they've served a quadrillion hamburgers over the years. I mean, it's good stuff. Until six hours later, and you're like, oh, I kind of regret that. <laughs> but anyways, we're getting into breatharianism as well as some different breatharians. But yeah, it's great to be back here on the show. We had a little bit of a break. Allow ourselves to sort of reset, recharge for the new year. Get some good air. Get some fresh air. Let's just put it that way. Some fresh mm-hmm. air, some sunshine. Mm-hmm. And we're back for another glorious year of Mile Higher Podcast. Yes, we are. So excited to see where this year takes us. We've got some good guest plans, some good topics on the horizon. We are very excited for another year with all of you. And thank you guys for the support over the last year. Just once again, wanted to say that. We couldn't do this without all of you. And also couldn't do this without our sponsors. So thank you so much to Care of, HelloFresh, and Native. But let's dive into breatharianism as a generalized topic and just give you some background information on what it is. Because I'm sure some of you out there are like, what yeah. the hell is this? I've <laughs> never heard of this before. So mm-hmm. let's dive into it. Okay, people. So breatharianism is defined as a dangerous pseudoscientific diet or religious movement. It is known as innadia, which is Latin for fasting or starvation. And as many of you know, for centuries, fasting has been a spiritual practice in many religions like Ramadan, Lent, Yom Kippur, Buddhist and Hindu fasting rituals. Intermittent fasting has also become a major diet trend in the last recent couple of years. <laughs> recent couple of years. Starting off strong here. <laughs> but breatharians take fasting to the next level. They believe that they can survive without eating or drinking anything. They get all of their nutrients and energy that they need to live from the air that we breathe and the light energy or cosmic dust that is around us. And obviously, this is not true. You can't live without eating and drinking anything. And if you try to live without eating, you will die of starvation. And anyone who tells you otherwise is sick or trying to sell you something or both. Keyword, trying to sell you something. Mm -hmm. That's right trying to make money off of it as usual. So attempting this starvation diet is clearly extremely dangerous. You can't go the rest of your life without eating and drinking. And if you try to, you'll be dead in about a week. You can survive longer if you at least have liquids, but it's highly dangerous and will eventually kill you. The long-term effects of starvation are serious. They include things like heart problems, poor bone health, PTSD, and stunted growth. And if someone has been starving for a prolonged period of time, they need to be introduced to food, reintroduced to food by medical professionals. If not, eating normal amounts of food can cause serious heart problems, swelling, and neurological problems. Breatharianism is a sham diet, sort of like fruitarianism. Fruitarians, as you probably can guess, only eat fruit. This is a diet that is also very unhealthy and dangerous. Breatharians claim that their diet is entirely different from fasting, anorexia, or general starvations because they believe that in order for breatharianism to work, you have to have the right mindset and spiritual calling. You have to ease your way into it and have the correct intention. Otherwise, if you attempt it, you could die. And the goal isn't to be skinny. It's to bring your body back to its natural spiritual state. This state is living on air and light alone. Sounds like probably what your body would be like if you were dead yeah or before you were born right it's basically like returning to a spiritual form of yourself like it's living in spirit as opposed to your physical body but when you're alive in this dimension the two you can't really separate the two very easily like (laughs) 
you're you're confined to this flesh vehicle we're in and your flesh vehicle needs fuel okay yeah, yeah it does doesn't but run without it that's only because we're here on earth and as we'll get into mm-hmm. if we can get out of here and go into our higher dimensions <laughs> get out of here <laughs> get out of here and go into our higher dimensions then we don't need food yeah that's the whole point mm-hmm And today, there are still some people who believe in breatharianism. They attend workshops and retreats to try out the practice for themselves. Specifically, there's this Ukrainian model named Valeria Lukyanova, and she claimed to be a breatharian at one point. She is also known as the human Barbie. She's gotten many cosmetic procedures and surgeries done to achieve this doll-like look that she has going on. Valeria previously claimed that she was a spiritual teacher from another planet, love that, who could speak to aliens through light. She believed that she could time travel and she was undergoing hypnotherapy to become, quote, brainless. Love that for her. In 2014, Valeria announced that she was going to be transitioning to a breatharian diet. She was going to live off of air and light alone that and cosmic microdust. But this didn't really last, and she now eats fruits and vegetables. Famous American actress Michelle Pfeiffer was introduced to breatharianism in her 20s. After she just moved to LA, she met a strange couple who did personal training. She didn't live with the couple, but she was at their house a lot. And the couple put people on restrictive diets and training regimens. They were big vegetarians, but they also believed that people go to their highest states as breatharians. The couple was very controlling of Michelle. They wanted her to come to their house more and more, even more than she already was. And Michelle had to pay them all the time for the time that she spent there. So they were draining her financially. Michelle's first husband was cast in a movie about the Moonies, which is a name for the followers of the Unification Church. And when she and her husband talked to an ex-Moonie as part of his research, the pieces clicked. She realized that she was in a cult, and then she luckily stopped seeing this couple. And just for some context, the Unification Church is a Christian new religious movement that's been described as a cult. A Mooney is a nickname for a member of this church, but the church dislikes the term, obviously. The Bertharian movement is rooted in a lot of New Age beliefs and spiritualism. Bertharianism has often been called a cult, And it's more of a dangerous, decentralized movement with some prominent figures and a lot of really out there beliefs. Although many popular figures in Bertharianism sort of take a lot of the cult leader-like tendencies that we've seen, that we've talked about over the years. And as we go through the stories of some of these people, we'll let you decide whether or not you think this movement is a cult. A lot of Bertharians are also into the somewhat related practice of sun gazing. This is where people believe that they can get nutrients from staring directly at the sun with the naked eye for long periods of time. More like uh, long periods of blindness. Yeah. Well, is that true? Mm -hmm. Isn't that like a myth that if you stare at the sun, I mean, obviously it can damage your eyes. You can burn your retinas, dude. Yeah. It burns your retina. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I've heard that that's kind of a myth, though, that if you stare at the sun, but maybe not. (laughs) Maybe that's You want to try it? Let's go outside real quick and stare at the sun for five minutes. (laughs) Um, quick Google search that says a lifetime of staring at the sun without the proper protection can lead to long-term vision problems and potentially blindness. Okay. So. Remember that cloud cover doesn't protect against UV rays, blah, 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 blah. But it's like a long-term period of time. Yeah, not permanent just blindness can happen, but that rarely happens. But evil, even partial impairment can be permanent. I mean, it makes sense because if you think about it, 
you're in the sun for a long period of time, your skin burns, you get a sunburn. Like I, right. li- I think that's what happens to your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Okay, so it's not a myth. <laughs> sun gazers believe that the practice decalcifies your pineal gland and opens you up to a mystical experience, giving you more energy, decreasing stress, improving sleep, and most importantly, decreases your appetite. And this is why so many breatharians are into sun gazing. They believe they are taking in vitamins and minerals when they do it. Again, this is a very harmful practice, and it can really damage your eyes, as we just read. It significantly increases your risk of cancer as well. And obviously, you cannot get all your nutrients from the sun. That's just bullshit. You are not a plant. You are a human. And you cannot do photosynthesis, unfortunately. (laughs) One of the most notable people promoting sun gazing was a man named Hira Ratan Menek, or HRM. And he claimed that he has not eaten since 1995. Instead, he gets all his nutrients from looking at the sun. Save a lot on the grocery bill, man. Mm -hmm. That's true. Save hundreds. I wonder how his eyes are doing, though. Yeah, probably not great. Here's Honestly, a, they don't look too good by looking at him. Here's a clip of him actually talking about sun gazing. Let's play it. Many people in Western world, they are facing the problem of high obesity, overweight. And so the sun gazing is giving them a sure cure how they can eliminate overeating, lessen the food, get the energy from the sun directly instead of the solid food that we are normally taking it. So sun energy replaces the energy that we get from the food. We are not solar panels, though. No, unfortunately. His eyes look shot. Yes, I know. He, like, yeah. He looks like too much he's sun seen for a, that dude for sure. A little too much sun. He's got a nice tan going though. That's a, that's the benefit. Yeah. A tan and skin cancer. But. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. So HRM got famous after doing some record-breaking fasting, but. As we'll see later, his claim to fame is based on a bunch of lies. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Didn't see that coming. But before we get into that, we're going to take a look at the history of breatharianism. And we're going to start with the man known as the original breatharian, Wiley Brooks. And this guy's a character man. So Wiley Cecil Brooks was born in late March of 1936 He lived in Santa Monica for a while, and he was a former promoter at the record label Motown Records. Other than that, we don't really know a lot about Wiley's past, but Wiley first got into breatharianism after reading a diet book by the civil rights activist Dick Gregory. The book talked about a sort of food scale with meat eating on one end and vegetarianism in the middle and breatharianism on the opposite end. From there, Wiley started practicing fasting sometimes and began to notice some positive changes like higher energy levels during his fasts. But every time he went back to eating, Wiley said his old issues came back again. So he eventually became a full-fledged breatharian. And Wiley was the first true breatharian we know today. Let's hear Wiley's definition of breatharianism. Now here is Mr. Wiley Brooks who stopped eating 17 years ago, claiming that all the elements we need to survive are in the air and an occasional glass of fruit juice. Uh, This is called breatharianism. And if it sounds hard to swallow, we're going to find out now from the man who knows. Would you please welcome Mr. Wiley Brooks. Here he is. Wiley, welcome to our show. Thank you. Let me ask you something. You, you, you haven't eaten for 17 years. You have not had a sandwich, a hamburger, hot dog, pretzel, a piece of roast beef, fish, vegetables, nothing for 17 years. Right. Well, let me explain what breatharianism is first, okay. if I might. Breatharianism But you is, haven't eaten for 17 yes, years, right, as we know it. Okay. Right. I don't so eat, get to the yes. juicy details. Breatharianism here. is a philosophy that believes that the human body, when it's in perfect harmony with itself and nature, 
is a perfect breatharian. Now, all of the constituents that we need is taken from the air we breathe. And the fact is, there is only one thing that keeps the human body alive, and that is breathing. The food that we take is the same as any other thing we take into the body as it becomes a habit. In other words, eating is an acquired habit just like drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes. Many thoughts about this, but one thought is, if human beings are breatharians, aren't animals too? Yeah, I think you would think in theory. Like in theory, mm -hmm. like he's saying one with nature and everything, and I get that, but I'm like, well, animals, I don't know a single animal on this planet that doesn't eat in some way, shape, or form. Even like the most simple organisms are are deriving energy from something. So yeah. I don't, like it just, it, there's a disconnect there. It's like, okay, well, so humans, you know, I guess unless you're looking at humans different from animals, and maybe they do, but I just am like, eh, well, what about animals? Because technically they would be breatharians. I mean, they're all consuming air just like us. So, mm -hmm. Or even plants. Yeah. Like, yeah, they get energy mm -hmm. from the sun, but if you don't water your damn plant for a month, it's going right. to die. Right. Yeah. And they still That's need true. fertilizer and things like that and other other things other than just sunlight and air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're getting the nutrients from the soil as well. So I think the logic is a little flawed there, but it, it gets uh, even more interesting. A here. little flawed. Yeah. Highly flawed. <laughs> so Wiley has also only slept one to seven hours a week, which sounds absolutely horrible. He claimed that just like eating, sleeping was something humans didn't actually need to do. Wiley has said that humans started out as breatharians. And then we backslid down to liquidarianism and then fruitinarianism and vegetarianism until we reached where we are today, eating meat and everything else. According to Wiley, humans are fifth dimensional beings from elsewhere in the Milky Way. And long ago, the Earth was the trendiest, most beautiful vacation spot in the galaxy for these 5D humans. They would visit and enjoy the 3D food or buy 3D clothing like they were visiting Las Vegas. <laughs> it's like a party, party planet. But 5D humans couldn't stay on Earth for too long as they got a rush from staying in the 3D world that grew more intense the longer they stayed. But staying on Earth for too long also caused an uncomfortable feeling. 5D humans didn't need to eat or drink anything, and when they ate 3D food... They did it purely for the taste and the exciting sensation of eating. But eventually, these 5D humans overstayed their welcome on Earth. As a result, they developed a food that would cure them of the discomfort that they got while staying here. From then on, 5D humans populated the Earth with 3D bodies, all addicted to drinking and eating food. And that's how we got ourselves into the problem we're in now, food addiction. Wiley had a famous saying about the Breatharian movement, quote, We ate ourselves into this problem, and we will eat ourselves out of it. He said that humans could change their diet and slowly detoxify their bodies. Eventually, we can all stop eating and drinking entirely and become Breatharians again. Thank God. Which I'm like, man, I love eating and drinking. <laughs> That's how I, don't I get live in a world all my happiness is through yeah. food and sleeping. and sleeping. <laughs> yeah, this guy is the whack way of life. Damn, imagine no sushi, mm, no. no pizza. No, nothing. Nothing at all. We're all just sitting around. <laughs> we all go to dinner. We're all just like... Yeah. <laughs> you want to go out and breathe with me next yeah, week? Yeah, let's go. Guys, I found this sick new breathing place. Let's check it out. It's got the great reviews. <laughs> they like scent the air and stuff. <laughs> In the 5D world, they just like scent the air and you just, right. you know, instead of eating the pizza, the 3D pizza, you're just getting the, the pizza smelling air. Mm. You know, or you walk into Subway, talk about some good air. That place has <laughs> got some good air. <laughs> That's true, honestly. Subway's got, Subway's got delicious good air in there, man. Mm -hmm. And Airman. 
He's also said that children were more readily able to give up food. While they were born addicted to food, they would be more receptive to Bertharian teachings. This guy has obviously never dealt with a hungry newborn. Yes. Uh, Screaming like, in your Sorry, ear. baby. You only get some air today. Breathe. Look, just breathe. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I am breathing. I'm crying my ass off right now. All right, here's Wiley talking about children with food addiction and his reason for becoming a Bertharian. Well, does that mean that when a baby is born, you don't have to give it anything to eat, no milk or anything? No, that would only work if the mother was a Bertharian. Because we don't come into the world as Bretharians from mothers that are Bretharian, before we even get started, our blood is poison. You see, we already start at a disadvantage when we're born. So because of that, a person needs to be an adult, and that's why I don't even lecture people who are young about being a Bretharian. First, you must kick the habit of eating. You see, we don't... <laughs> Ridiculous. That's right. How did you like... kick it? Yes. Well, in my case, I had a real good reason for wanting to do it, and that's the reason, that is the thing that will help anyone. Go to a bad restaurant every night, that'd right. do it, wouldn't it? That helps too, yeah. right. But my main reason was that I was getting old, you know, and I was, uh, my hair was falling out, and my father bawled very early, and of course the answer was that it's hereditary. And I hear that all the time. Every time a person stumps his toe, it's hereditary, you see. But I didn't what? accept that. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Everybody's, what? That's an action done by. That's not a hereditary trait right there. Dude, this guy. His logic, man. Interesting. Wiley, Wiley, Wiley. Yeah. So to help understand what he's trying to say is like, he's like only a breatharian would, you know, would be able to sustain a newborn without eating mm. because a, a true breatharian is somebody who's like entered the five, you know, the fifth dimensional earth. And is spiritually spiritually on a higher frequency than the rest of us, and mm -hmm. therefore has transcended this world that we're, the rest of us are in. Because I think to understand this too is like, and we'll get into this a little bit more in a bit. But like the five D Earth and then the Earth that we're all in are parallel to each other. Okay, so the five D Earth that he's claiming, you know, you don't need to eat, you don't need these things, is a is almost like a parallel universe to this one. So there's you know, there's a 5D version of you, and then there's this version of you here, and then you can go and ascend this version of yourself to the 5D Earth. But we'll we'll get into that more here here in a few minutes. But in 1980, Wiley went on the ABC TV program. That's incredible. This is where he first introduced his Bertharian diet to the public. Wiley was six feet tall and weighed only 135 pounds, but he showed the audience that he could lift almost 10 times his body weight. He credited his strength to his no-food Bertharian diet. In the early 1980s, Bertharianism became sort of a diet cult or a religious cult, and Wiley Brooks was the leader. But his reign as the king of Bertharianism was short-lived. At one point, Wiley lived in her backyard in Boulder, Colorado. Because if you've ever been to Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> that's where you'll find the Bertharians. That's right, baby. <laughs> and the air quality is pretty good. It's it is. gotten a lot worse now, but it, it was good, especially back in the 80s. But if he lived in a city with poor air quality, it would be very hard to be a Bertharian. And so he went to that... That mountain air. In 1981, he told his followers that he had information from God. This info was telling him to get to Boulder by May 14, 1981, to escape nuclear war. So Wiley did just that. He moved and took up residence in a vacant house in North Boulder. Wiley was then arrested and charged with felony trespassing. The police did not think divine command was enough to let him off the hook, but he had information from God. Mm. God allowed him to be there. He apparently moved to a new house in Boulder, and he preferred to sleep in a tent in his backyard because air quality was better outside. Later in December of 1981, Wiley went on the Tom Snyder Show to talk about Bertharianism, which 
some of the clips that we've shown you have been from that interview that he did with Tom. And that's where his wild ideas started to gain more traction. Because obviously you bring somebody like that on television. I mean, yeah. obviously a lot of people are going to laugh and scoff. But mm -hmm. there's going to be people who are like, I like what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Sparks an interest. I want to know more about this Inspired. guy. In August of 1982, Wiley met a yoga teacher named Lavelle Leffler. Lavelle had once visited India where she said she knew people who practiced breatharianism. So she knew about the practice and really believed in it. When she met Wiley, Lavelle thought he was a charismatic guy and truly dedicated to the movement. She believed him so much that she gave him her phone and her office to start up a headquarters. From there, the Breatharian Institute of America was founded in October of 1982 with Lavelle as Wiley's second in command. The Institute's compound was located in Larkspur, Marin County, California, north of San Francisco. And around 400 members lived at a Breatharian Institute compound, including a cook. <laughs> including the, the, the air chef they had going That's there. That's so ironic. Around this time, Wiley set out on his countrywide speaking tour. He charged $10 per lecture, $100 for a day-long seminar, and $500 for a five-day intensive course. I feel like this is where the, if you want to call it culty vibes, yeah. kind of yeah. come in. Because now you're charging people. What's mm -hmm. like the common denominator mm -hmm. of all these people? Like, oh, give me your money, yep. and I'll give you these amazing things, and I'll, I'll yeah. you know, give you... Great energy and fix all your problems. All you have to do is I'll give me everything you. you have. Yeah. Get committed. Get invested. Mm -hmm. He gives me uh, showman vibes. Like he's like putting on a show. Totally. And yeah. why not charge for the show? You, know, you got to live somehow. So Well, some people are down to watch the show. Exactly. Or be a part of it. And uh, this is when prices were low for, for Mr. Wiley. Wait till you see what he raises his prices yeah. to yeah. over time. Because he starts to get that cash flow. He's oh, like, yeah. mm, he's like mm. I could do better than this. He's like, I need a mansion on 5D Earth, man. So Wiley told rookie breatharians that they should not cut out all of the food right away. Instead, they should ease into the breatharian diet using his yellow foods diet. This diet was supposed to clean out a person's blood and detoxify their system. The yellow diet consisted of 24 foods. Probably some of your favorites, including mustard. Chicken, papaya, fish, lemons, eggs, popcorn, and multiple flavors of Hagen dazs ice cream, <laughs> including rum raisin. Wiley said these yellow foods were less toxic because their vibrational quality is yellow. Now, which, by the way, obviously, you know, eggs don't necessarily have food coloring in it, but a lot of foods like the Hagen dazs mm -hmm. have food coloring. And I was looking up because you know how like everyone's red forty, red forty right. is so toxic. So supposedly yellow five and yellow six may contain contaminants that are known uh, to cause cancer. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, but it's so pure. But it's and yellow. It's clean your blood. It's Maybe like, he was recommending a certain brand that's organic and Agendas? all natural. Well, <laughs> I well, feel like for him, it's about mustard. Like yellow mustard is the most unnatural looking thing ever. Oh, yeah. So there's tons good. of food color. In oh, there. yeah. I love yellow mustard because mustard seeds are not that yellow. No, they're like brown. I feel like he went with this whole thing because it's catchy sounding, like the yellow diet totally. and put these random things in there, just like whatever came to his mind that is yellow. I'm like, that's not even that bad of a diet. Honestly, I could get on board with that. <laughs> we got fish, chicken, popcorn, and ice cream. Count me in. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. So he warned that in two years, there would be severe food shortages, nuclear war, and an earthquake that would sink the state of California. World hunger was an issue that breatharianism could solve. You could just breathe instead of eating. By 1983, he was telling his audience that he hadn't eaten in 19 years. The only thing he would consume was occasionally some orange juice to put something in his stomach. 
He said he also occasionally drank liquids to counteract the air pollution he breathed in urban areas. And this was usually remedied with a glass of distilled water with lemon. Mm, one of my favorites. That is our favorite. <laughs> no, really, I love water. distilled mm-hmm. water with lemons. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. So it's good. So pure and delicious. I'm drinking some right now. Mm. Mm. Now I'm throwing some. Yeah, Go get God. my drink. Here's mine. Mm. <sighs> Shit, I don't have any water back here. Last night it was so sad. I was looking for a slice of lemon. Josh used it all in our dinner last but night. But wasn't it so good? It was. Good. What was your dinner, though? Better Chicken. Chi- okay. Yeah. Honestly, it'd fall right into this diet. Yeah, a okay. yellow sauce. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rice was yellow. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. We yes. had the yellow diet last night. <laughs> so the Institute was only operating for about a month and a half before Lavelle saw something unbelievable. She'd walked in on Wiley Brooks eating an omelet. Oh, shit. The scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Ima- imagine, though. Yeah. Seeing the guru of breatharianism. <laughs> Who says, oh, I haven't eaten in 19 years. Just a cup of orange juice. And he's in there eating a big old fat omelet. Dude, I would have loved to see this interaction. To see the look on his face. Just, just like, oh, her look uh, like, it's not what it looks like. What you're cheating you on me? What? <laughs> Imagine how pissed you'd be if you're like starving. And then the leader of it all is just snacking oh. down on an omelet. Just wait, people. This is really funny. So after Lavelle walks in on Wiley eating his omelet. Wiley assumed, okay, now the cat's out of the bag, so I think I'm going to keep eating in front of Lavelle. <laughs> and so, you know, as they were going on his speaking tour, Lavelle discovered that Wiley absolutely loved what we all love, and that's junk food. Mm. In an effort to keep a secret, Wiley would venture out to buy food only in the dark so that no one would see him. <laughs> <laughs> that meant that he would rely on those late night places. So guess where he went? Two fast food joints and 7-Eleven all the time. And back at the compound, he'd wait for everyone to go to bed and then sneak his (laughs) 7-Eleven feast in. Dude, that is so evil. These people are all starving and then their leader is just like completely... These poor people are laying in bed. Their stomachs are growling. They're feeling (laughs) nauseous. Meanwhile, Wiley's eating that 7-Eleven nasty pizza in his room. Oh, and another one of his favorites was chicken pot pie from (laughs) 7-Eleven. Ew. They have pot yeah, pie there? Yeah. I've never even seen a, I don't know. Barely in the 80s. Hell yeah. I bet the food was better in the 80s at 7-Eleven though. Honestly. I've actually heard that um, place at 7-Eleven like in Japan and stuff has really good food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've seen that too. But now, yeah, now it's like, oh, we can lower the standards for Americans. Everything <laughs> comes in a bag. Here you go. You can eat this nasty. On the little like. Yeah. The rollers. rollers. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how many people have coughed, sneezed, touched those hot dogs and sausages on there? Oh, please, Josh. We know you love You know what? I I have partaked in some 7-Eleven hot dogs. Partake? Don't you like those, like, chicken roll things? Is that you? Yeah, the buffalo chicken rolls. Yeah, those are pretty good. Okay. But I stay away from it now. I've ascended beyond (laughs) 7-Eleven now. (laughs) Only fresh food for this guy. So Lavelle said that Wiley would eat a dozen donuts in one sitting. And he loved Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm, Finger mm. looking good. Me too. <laughs> and since he had to rely on late night fast food and convenience stores to eat, his diet actually ended up being arguably worse than the average American. <laughs> honestly hilarious. <laughs> and this is the thing too, is like cult leaders do this kind of shit. You know, like preach one thing mm-hmm. and then behind everybody's mm-hmm. back. They're yeah. over there enjoying all the fruits of the world and, and everybody else is literally starving and like yeah. believing that their their spiritual consciousness is rising and yep. they're going to be a part of this oh, 5D so world up. with him and this beautiful thing and 
peace uh, and harmony. Just and, look at the guy. He's so strong. He can right. lift all this weight. I mean, amazing. But Meanwhile, it's the 7-Eleven. Lavelle, behind the scenes, is getting pretty pissed seeing Wiley eat all these foods secretly. I mean, she is in on his secrets. She's like, yes. bitch, I want a Krispy Kreme. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, what the fuck? So Can in April imagine? of 1983, Lavelle decided to go public with her claims that Wiley had been eating. She claimed that she spotted Wiley leaving a 7-Eleven in Santa Cruz with some snacks, a hot dog, a Slurpee, and a box of Twinkies. You go, dude. Not only that, the news broke that Wiley had been eating at a hotel in Vancouver, too. And after one of his lectures there, Wiley ordered room service. The next morning, room service trays sat outside his hotel room. You'd think he would have like kept that inside the door. Apparently not. And inside the trash in the hotel, there were empty containers from chili biscuits and chicken pot pie. So literally this guy is <laughs> like binging behind the scenes. Yeah. He's out, out in public charging $500 for a seminar to come see the man who hasn't eaten 19 years. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the hotel, I'm slamming chili dogs and yeah, pot pies in the room. Slurpees. <laughs> yeah, and again, slurpees. just <laughs> for this next part little bit of a trigger warning here. I know with eating disorders, it can be really hard to hear stuff like this. But to keep himself looking thin, Lavelle said that Wiley regularly made himself throw up and used enemas. Nasty motherfucker. Dude. So when the news broke, Wiley's followers were shocked. The regional coordinators of the Institute sat him down and asked him for the truth. Of course, Wiley denied everything. 13 out of the 15 Institute's officers quit including Lavelle, and many of his followers left at this point. Ironically enough, the only staff member that stuck around was their cook. <laughs> Amazing. Wiley called Lavelle's accusations a bunch of garbage. He said that he'd broken up with her and she wanted revenge, so she made up all these stories about him eating. In fact, he said that he'd actually caught Lavelle stealing thousands of dollars from the Institute. And when Wiley fired her, she started spreading these rumors. He did admit that he did go to 7-Eleven all the time, but he explained that he loved tabloids. He's a fiend for the gossip. So he was there buying those and not food. And when it comes to why he was eating at restaurants, he said he didn't eat, but his friends did. So he would go to restaurants and eat with them. And he'd also claim that he was going to these places picking up food for friends because <laughs> he was friends with other humans who ate. So later on, though, Wiley started to give up the fact that he did eat food junk food occasionally. He claimed that he ate Twinkies and junk food to correct an imbalance since our world is so polluted. Hell yeah. That's what I tell myself Love every day. that. Right, like, baby. where do you get that from? How do you come to that conclusion? Doing this for the betterment of the world. Oh, oh, so good. Mm. Wiley also said he needed to keep his 3D body visible. His 5D body could live without food, but he has to use his 3D body to communicate with us. It's his mission to have us ascend to the fifth dimension, you guys. But he has to be able to eat and stay visible to spread the good word to us unascended beings. But at some point, Wiley more or less admitted that it was true. He had been eating. In fact, he regularly ate Big Macs and drank Diet Coke. But there was a perfectly logical explanation for that. All McDonald's, according to him, are constructed on properties that are protected by fifth dimensional high energy slash spiritual portals. What's the difference between McDonald's and church? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Oh, this is way better. McDonald's True. is way beyond church. My True. church is now McDonald's. That's right, baby. Mm -hmm. That's where mm -hmm. I'm going to go get spiritual, baby. <laughs> 
So he actually tried to integrate the fast food claims into his bizarre belief system. He made quarter pounders and Diet Coke a part of his breatharian practice. And he explained that McDonald's is the only food that's not radioactive. What? In fact, <laughs> McDonald's has mythical fifth dimensional properties. It sounds like this dude was like, that's my favorite meal on the planet. Yeah. So let's incorporate this into <laughs> like, the program. That one's okay. So that I can forever eat this. Here's a clip of Wiley talking about his goal and how McDonald's fits into this goal. I'm I, In order to teach people about the new earth, right? The, keep in mind, this is my main goal. The and that's why I recommend everybody <laughs> go to my website and read about the new earth. Yes. Did you see the menu? Double quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. And mm. and, and uh, french fries and uh, uh, Diet Coke. So, <laughs> Diet Coke. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very specific now. Yeah. Keep that in mind. So this is Only what, those things. That's what a powerful breatharian wants to get in the fifth dimension. Not, Eats well, double quarter pounder with cheese, If you get in the fries. fifth dimension through me, you will have to take that. Mm -hmm. Because let me explain to you. Look, you've heard the old saying, you are what you eat? Yes. Well, guess what happens if you're eating three-dimensional food? It keeps you into it keeps you in the 3D. So McDonald's is fifth dimensional food. Yeah, that's right. It's a transitional food, and it will pull you toward the fifth. Bro, are McDonald's, you fucking for real? The ones I recommend. <laughs> the guy Hell, interviewing yeah. him is like, this is that whole interview. What hilarious? On Honestly, yeah, the is. whole thing it's is really so funny. funny. So, for example, McDonald's fries, according to Wiley, are cooked in oil and water containing liquid gold. Come on, dude. You think McDonald's, one <laughs> of the largest so corporations in the world, cooking their claims. fries in liquid gold? Yeah, they're here for the betterment of the people. They're trying to raise us all to the fifth dimension. The secret ingredient to Diet Coke is actually 5D liquid light. That's why it's so spicy. <laughs> it's also apparently good for your teeth. <laughs> Unlike fruit juice. My dentist would beg to differ on that one. Oh, he it. says don't waste your time on fruit juice. That shit will fuck your teeth up. But Diet Coke. Yeah, baby. So does this mean Donald Trump is oh, instead of being? He's a big fan, right? Right. He loves the Mickey D's. Mm -hmm. He Look follows the Breatharian diet. Honestly, mm -hmm. if, if if this were in fact true, if you think about it, and you look at how how many burgers, can you look up how many burgers McDonald's has sold by now? In, in, in the total? In, or total like in... From the beginning of time. Okay, I don't know if she's going to be able to find that. Or just like, you know how McDonald's on their signs, yeah. they'd have like over six trillion burgers. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wonder, I, I haven't seen that lately. I think they did away with that, but. Got too hard to count. If you think about it. Burgers. Yeah, I'm like. How do they keep track of that? Is there like a big tally system they enter oh, in every yeah. time? Oh, yeah. Well, every time they make a sale, I'm sure they track all the sales of all their items across all, the all restaurants. Sales. Absolutely. Mm. Well, this is from 2016, so it's kind of old, but it says um, it's estimated McDonald's has served over well, well over 300 billion hamburgers since its founding. Good God. But the company officially stopped keeping count somewhere in 94. You know, we should do an episode on the... The start of McDonald's, the whole story behind that. Oh, so yeah. interesting. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that story, but I'd yeah. still love to like really dive in again. How many people on this planet right now? <laughs> eight billion. We just hit Is eight billion eight, recently. Do we yeah. hit eight billion? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Eight. So if you look at how many hamburgers McDonald's has sold to how many people are on this Here, planet. Let me write this equation down. Let's <laughs> do the math on this. Get okay. your calculator. How many, my Apple pen. How many burgers Pencil? per person on the planet? Do the math. 
uh, if we're going off mm. those figures, obviously it's probably way more than that from by now. But if you take how many burgers they've they've actually sold since they've been around, three hundred billion burgers divided by eight billion people, how many burgers is that per person? Well, assuming that not everyone has had the privilege of eating. Well, yeah, I'm I'm saying in a theoretical sense that would mean there's at least how many burgers would that be per person if you did the math on that? I don't know. There would I'm, be I've at least several burgers here. that people would have. Every <laughs> person on the planet would have a handful of burgers. I'm losing your point here. Okay, to be my, honest. okay, I'm sorry. My point is that if Wiley is really the truth, the light, the savior of the world, we would have already been all ascended to the fifth dimension by now, all long ago, one? because of how many McDonald's burgers. <laughs> Janelle's like trying to do the math. like sending over here like that one meme with the chip. All right, call up John real quick. Let's get the accountant on this one. Okay, I said 300 billion divided by 8 billion is 37.5. That's a lot. I think that's enough to ascend to the fifth D. Mm, Might be. I just read this thing that says back in 2010, some blog quoted a McDonald's training manual noting that uh, they sell more than 75 hamburgers per second every minute, every hour, every day of the year. So let's do some math. They're about... 31.5 31.5 million seconds in a year. Multiply that by 75. You get 2.365 billion burgers a year. It has been 23 years since 1994. Blah, blah, blah. It would have sold 55. Yeah, so we're know. all in the fifth dimension already. Wiley's, we should Wiley's be. Yay. Just, Wiley was right. That's great. Yeah. Okay. But you're supposed to be only eating McDonald's, Josh. You're, the fact yeah. that you're going home and cooking is bringing you back down. Yeah, no nutrients, no vegetables, no chicken all right mcdonald's for dinner it is Mm, sick double quarter pounder baby i've actually never had anything other than the dollar menu at mcdonald's no you eat the double cheeseburger which is not a dollar item okay well other yeah right oh i thought that they don't have a dollar on the dollar menu a dollar menu anymore i think they do Mm, it's like the i don't think it's a dollar they don't have like a bunch of items that are just a buck whatever i've just never had the Ever One since these, inflation, like it's, a Big Mac, or I, you I've always have been had curious. That. No, I You've haven't had a quarter pounder before. 100%. No, I've never. Had, I've, I've always go for one. when, literally, when I don't remember that. Like the last hundred times we've been there. No, I always want the double cheeseburger. Yeah, well, hey, you had a fish fillet yesterday. Oh, sick people. I don't know. Fish fillets are that so is fucking good. Grace, mm. so good. So, tell us more about how McDonald's is helpful, according to Wiley. According to Wiley, the 5D qualities of the Diet Coke bind all the toxins in the meal to the beef of the Quarter Pounder. (laughs) The Quarter Pounder sucks up all of the toxins and exits the body as waste. It's really like a cleanse. Yeah, it's a Mickey D's Mm -hmm. cleanse. It does exit the body (laughs) in a toxic way, too. (laughs) (laughs) We can eat the Quarter Pounder, but we can't eat any other beef or meat. What makes the beef different, besides the fact that it's from McDonald's, is unclear. Of course. But the reason we can eat this specific beef is because cows are very high-dimensional beings. So wouldn't all beef, though? Like any steak be... This makes no fucking sense. uh, And as we were talking about before the episode, the McDonald's meat is highly questionable. They've got hooves in there, according to Janelle. Yeah. Don't believe that. that. I I will debunk that. Okay. There is fresh beef or... I don't know. I think McDonald's comes in frozen. Actually, no. I think the quarter pounder, the the beef patties they use for the quarter pounders are fresh beef, I want to say. Never frozen. I I know Wendy's is fresh, never frozen. Good stuff. So when it comes to the cows, they are fully conscious and know that there is no such thing as death. 
Cows know that their purpose is to convert 3D food into 5D flesh for us to eat. They know that humans are not natural 3D food eaters, so their 5D flesh helps us ascend. That's why you don't have to worry about eating McDonald's beef. It's all good for you. McDonald's locations themselves are apparently very spiritual places. Wiley has said that McDonald's restaurants are living, breathing, vibrating, building of love, abundance, creativity, immortality, and well-being. McDonald's needs to get Wiley as their spokesperson ASAP. That's what I'm saying. This guy is great at marketing. Fuck the clown guy. What's his name? Ronald. Oh, yeah. Fuck Ronald. Bring in Wiley. Wiley McDonald. Until the feds raid McDonald's and arrest his ass <laughs> for false claims. When you walk into McDonald's, you can know that you are in a vortex of unconditional love, baby. All right, baby. You ever gone out of the bars at 2 a.m. and you go into McDonald's? I've puked Nothing outside better. of a McDonald's before. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know. We yeah, were there. We were there for that. That was like last year. Yeah. Yeah, that Sick. was fun. Good times at the old Mickey D's. I had my mm-hmm. uh, one of my first birthdays at McDonald's. And it was oh, it, it I was love tragic. McDonald's birthdays. It was tragic, though. No. Why? Some my parents invited some little dumb little girl and she like blew out my candles for me. I was pissed. Oh, oh no, that really stuck with you. Yeah, really it's traumatized. It's a core memory you, like. now. Back to Wiley. His control over the movement started to fall after the scandal, and he lost a lot of his followers. And his McDonald's twist on breatharianism really didn't take off. But there were still a few people that decided to join his movement. Probably around the 2000s, Wiley's brand of breatharianism got a lot more culty than it already was. He didn't have a compound per se, but he still had followers and internet connection. And this gave him the chance to spread plenty of his wild teachings. For wild wa- Wiley. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Because Wiley, Wiley started saying that he was Jesus Christ, which... Love when they get to that point. Oh, I love it Every so much. Every cult leader like, gets That's to right. that point. That's where right, they are baby. Jesus themselves. He said that it was really complicated, but he carried that <laughs> Sounds frequency. Like it. Wiley also claimed he had been John the Baptist, Adam, Zeus. Fucking Zeus? And Joseph Smith in his past lives. Uh, wow. So basically, Joseph Smith? every uh, Mormon, uh, I believe he's the founder of Mormonism. Got it. Joseph right. Smith. Um, he's, like, he's also like their prophet too. Um, it's interesting, John the Baptist as well. Inter- that interesting fella. So basically, every influential religious leader, he was, um, he was them once, once upon a time. <laughs> of course, he was just like Sherry Schreiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's these kinds of people that create so much skepticism around past lives and reincarnation and incarnates and things like that because because mm-hmm. they're just full of shit. It's an, it, like it's one of the Speak with such confidence. Well, it's just like knowing. yeah, it's like how. It, like anybody can say they were anything in a past life, like, but how? Do, nobody knows for sure. But Wiley believes our goal is to ascend to the five D world, Earth Prime, and this is our natural home, which is a place of unconditional love. It's important to follow Wiley's specific diet in order to ascend before the end of the world, which was December twelfth, twenty twelve. Spoiler: It wasn't, or was it? Because according to Wiley, you want to pay attention. Because, quote-unquote, the Illuminati is still very much at work trying to stop this information from getting to you. If you wanted to live past March 20th, 2013 on 3D Earth, you had to be able to pass the final initiation, the trial by fire. What this is exactly is unclear, but Wiley said during these trials, he survived days of first and second degree chemical burns. I wonder how that happened. Workshops for his survival training were set to take place in southern Utah, and according to his website, this workshop would cost you $10,000, or the equivalent in gold. 
but it was worth it to learn how to become a permanent resident of Earth Prime. The workshop also included a visit to the Fifth Dimension, or Earth Prime, if your body was ready. Later on, though, the cost increased by a lot. Because of course it did. Mm-hmm. According to his website, this ascension did actually occur on December 12, 2012, but humans have been given a grace period to learn to survive the deadly heat energy produced by the ascension process. So you have to follow Wiley's teachings before it's too late. A grace period. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Wiley just kept on extending that grace period to take his workshop, you know, have it be around every year. So each year, the deadline for this immortality workshop kept magically changing from 2013 to 2014 to 2015 until he just got rid of the deadline altogether. <laughs> it's always how it goes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you couldn't make the workshop, you could always become a breatharian yourself. So without further ado, here is the breatharian meditation and diet protocol as dictated by Wiley Brooks. Once daily, starting at 30 minutes and working your way up to two hours, meditate using the five sacred names. These are the five fifth dimensional words to be repeated in a specific order. We've got an audio clip from his meditation video. We'll play it now. You get the idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing with many of these spiritual culty leaders is that they take spiritual words and phrases and mm-hmm. ideas from places from all over the earth. India is where a lot of these come from. And they rob these spiritual practices, insert it into their own to give their own ideas more legitimacy and to draw people in, making them think it's legit because we're, you know, we're saying these sacred names and things like that. But ultimately, as you'll see, it's not even about the sacred names. It's not about this at all. No, this was such a common tactic too to just like come up or pull these words and phrases from other places. And it's something that people haven't heard of. So they think you're all knowing and kind of fall into your trap. According to Wiley, he said, it is better to have some Diet Coke in your bloodstream if possible before starting the meditation exercise. (laughs) This guy's a Diet Coke addict. This is so funny. (laughs) He instructed his followers to make the McDonald's French fries and double quarter pounder with cheese meal part of the diet. He also highly recommended eating at McDonald's as much as possible. Basically, supersize me all over again. To start the diet, he recommended eating one meal a day for 30 days. And Wiley told his followers on this diet to check his website every so often to, quote, see if you can start to feel the magic love, the love energy for my writings after reading a few paragraphs. He also noted that if the diet was followed correctly, you would start to feel differences in the atmosphere between eating inside and outside of McDonald's. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. So fucking good. He also left an important note about this diet. He said, Do not drink water of any kind or from any source. And most importantly, when you're eating that McDonald's, don't even think about eating any fruits or vegetables. (laughs) But that's confusing because the Quarter Pounder has lettuce on it. Nope, 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 nope. Onions, tomatoes. No, it does not have lettuce. Does not have lettuce and tomato. So it's literally just a patty with cheese and... It's two patty or double Quarter Pounders, two patties with cheese, two Quarter Pound patties with cheese, Uh, ketchup, pickles... Ketchup is a fruit. Onions and mustard. It has pickles. Yes, it does have pickles. But no, which a pickle is technically a veggie, so maybe ask it for without pickles. It has pickles and a, uh, onions. Yep. Those are... Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, look at this shit. Oh, so good. I love the quarter mm, pounder. I want McDonald's. 
But Wiley actually introduced a new product and service that could take your diet to the next level. His followers had the opportunity to not just detoxify their body, but to become immortal. This would be accomplished through a workshop and a 32-ounce bottle of Wiley's Elixir of the Gods. After the body was detoxed through the diet and meditation system, it was ready for the next step, paying for that workshop. During this workshop, Wiley would teach you something or the other, and then you would be ready to drink the elixir. The elixir would flush out all of the radioactive material in your body, and there would probably be a lot of it accumulated in there. That's because, of course, everything on the planet is radioactive except for McDonald's and Wiley's magic water. He basically believed, like, because of the nuclear weapons that have been developed on this earth and exploded and all these things, he's basically said that all water has been um, tainted in some way and is radioactive based on this nuclear waste. Does Bestie not know that Diet Coke is made of water? Does he know the history of Dasani water? (laughs) McDonald's loves their Dasani water, right? Nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. Yeah, what, is he checking the Diet Coke water to make sure There's that it's... There's water in yeah, Diet Coke. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's like the basis of it, that and syrup, essentially. No, it's 5D magic juice. Oh, you're right. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> so you're probably already chomping at the bit, credit card in hand, ready to trade in your hard-earned cash for this magic water. So let's give you some rundown on his pricing. And this is... I, when I saw this, I literally <laughs> almost died because it's ridiculous. So the price of the Immortality Workshop is just a nominal fee of $1 million. $1 million. As for the Elixir, it's priced on a scale starting at $500, going up to $100,000 for a 32 ounce of his Elixir. (laughs) That's fucking nuts. By the way, shipping and handling is an additional fee for that 32 ounce. (laughs) The more expensive the 32 ounce bottle is, the more powerful it gets, meaning it can transmute more radioactive water. So, for example, Wiley said that the $500 bottle can transmute enough regular city water to fill up a home-sized swimming pool, whereas the $100,000 bottle can transmute enough regular city water to supply a city the size of L.A. or New York. The only way a person can fully clear their body of radioactivity is with Wiley's water. That's why it's so expensive. It's also collected from the Fountain of Youth and Immortality in the Garden of Eden. This is located in the land of milk and honey, which is in the fifth dimension Earth Located at the end of the yellow brick road. <laughs> this is, we're not making this shit up. This is literally. <laughs> Google Maps says it's a 45 minute drive of traffic to this location. <laughs> As for the workshop, Wiley intended the buyers would be a limited group of billionaires. Those who took the workshop would be the spiritual leaders and teachers of this new world. You had to take the million dollar class before you could drink the magic elixir. If you didn't, the water could be so dangerous that it kills you. That's because it clears toxins so quickly that it would be useless highly painful and even deadly to an unprepared body. So you're probably wondering what this powerful elixir is made of. The answer is <laughs> water. It's just water in a plastic bottle. It's literally a bottle of freaking water. <laughs> After the chicken pot pie scandal of 1983, Wiley status as the leading light of breatharianism started to fade. And in his place, an Australian woman named Ellen grieve started to gain more media attention in the late 90s ellen we couldn't talk about breatharianism without mentioning her so now we'll take a look at the breatharian named as jasmine jasmine who was known as ellen grieve so miss ellen grieve is an australian woman who got her start in the business and finance industry 
but she eventually got into the meditation world and started selling workshops and courses. She ended up changing her name to Jasmine, or as Josh said, Jasmine. <laughs> In I actually think Jasmine's a pretty name. I kind of like it. Next daughter, what do you think? It's J. That's true. Take it. Your family likes Keep on the Jay's tradition, names. the J's. Anyway. In the 90s, Jasmine started getting into breatharianism, of course. And as the years went on, she grew more influential in that scene. She published a book called Living on Light. And in this book, Jasmine talks about her 21-day fasting program that can get a person initiated into breatharianism. Participants are not supposed to eat for three weeks. That's right. For the first seven days, you consume nothing but air. For the next two weeks after that, you can only have some water and a little diluted juice. She says that the goal is to get your body into a state where it can provide all its own nourishment. Instead of taking in food and water, the body lives by regenerating itself. After completing this, your body should adjust and you can live on light and air alone. Jasmine calls her diet pranic nourishment. Prana is a Sanskrit word meaning breath or life force. It's considered the energy that connects everything in the universe. This energy moves through our bodies, keeping us moving and connected with everything around us. Prana is similar to the Chinese concept of chi. Unsurprisingly, Jasmine is also a sun gazer. She practices solar gazing in the morning and before sunset. She says it's another way to nourish her body. So here's Jasmine talking about the benefits of breatharianism. I've been free from the need to take any nourishment from food now for 11 years. That doesn't mean that I've had 11 years of taking nothing, but in that time, yeah, I've had the, a piece of chocolate or cappuccino or completely non-nourishing substance because the path is about freedom. And particularly the freedom to um, work with the body in a way so the body manufactures naturally all the minerals vitamins nourishment everything it needs to be totally healthy self-sustaining self-regenerating without the need of taking anything external to yourself do my solar gazing every morning and every night why not you know and you can build up to quite substantial times and it is another way of feeding yourself and my body does not want me eating, does not like me eating. When I try and eat, you go into such a blah, 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 really a dense. Blah, blah, blah. The, the way the body operates is very barbaric for it. This will really freak people out when I say that, but I'm sorry. Until you've compared the two systems, you don't know. I mean, for your body to go through a system that is similar to photosynthesis, where you are getting your nourishment direct from the source of all creation without any middleman, you know, where you don't have to go into digestion, where you, all of it is considered fruit loop, new age gobbledygook. But is it possible? Yeah. Why don't you tune yourself and find out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know who that she reminds a... me of there? Who? What was that show we watched with Nicole Kidman and she wears the all white outfit at the retreat? What is that show? Oh, yeah, shit. She looks exactly like her there in the whole the yoga studio setting. Damn yeah. it, I don't remember the name of that show, but very similar vibes. I wonder if they got inspiration from Jasmine for that character. Nine Perfect Strangers. Nine Perfect Strangers. That is such a good show, by the way. Love yeah, she that. looks a lot like Nicole Kidman. Looks a lot like yeah, Jasmine. Jasmine, bestie. <laughs> Jasmine. 
Uh, anyway, Jasmine Jasmine She claims that she hasn't eaten since 1993. That was the day that I or the year I was born. That would be almost 30 years. Can't just some chocolate and the occasional cappuccino yeah. and the mm-hmm. McDonald's I sneak. And come on, we all know she's full of shit. So just like Wiley, Jasmine has been accused of eating multiple times. One journalist said he found a fridge full of food at her house. She also had been caught ordering a plate of food on a flight. Jasmine said in both of these instances, the food was for her partner, of course. Her partner's not a breatharian? Right. Mm, that seems fishy to me. Yeah, very weird. So an attendee at one of her lectures claimed that Jasmine told the audience that she sometimes eats food like cookies, tea, soy milk, and orange juice just for the taste. And Jasmine, in sort of a cover-your-ass-like attempt, says that she doesn't necessarily advocate for people to become breatharians. She says that you should only start the diet if you have a true calling to do so, and if your intention is not pure, the practice will not work, of course. But this is where things start to get dark, because in some cases, the practice not working means dying of starvation. Five people who have died while fasting have been directly linked to breatharianism and Jasmine's teachings. In 1997, a German teacher named Timo Dagen fell into a coma while he was attempting Jasmine's 21-day fasting protocol. He recovered after four weeks, but in his weakened state, he then slipped and died due to a head injury. Timo was on day 12 of the fasting program. He wanted to free himself from the practice of eating and drinking after he read up on Jasmine's teachings. Two years later, a woman named Verity Lynn died in Scotland. She had been fasting without any water or food. An autopsy determined that she died of dehydration and hypothermia. And her diary showed that Verity wanted to complete a 21-day no-food, no-water fast to spiritually cleanse and recharge her body. Verity's body was found in her tent along with her diary and a copy of Jasmine's book. Here is Jasmine's response to Verity's death. This woman died following your regimen, is that okay? I have no idea. It's not my regimen. It's a regimen that's been practiced for thousands of years that I happen to report on. What do you support? I support it as a wonderful initiation for people who are very well trained. That you effectively promote by writing books like this? No, I, it's not a promotion, more about sharing research. No, effectively yeah. promote by writing books like this. Um, the act of writing books like this, I suggest to you, is effectively promoting that regimen that resulted in the death of this woman and others. And I effectively promote in that book absolute self-responsibility, use of personal discernment and self-mastery. Richard Your Millions. responsibility to people who are silly enough to starve themselves. None of the people who are involved in this see it like that. She's getting pissed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, in 1999, a woman from Melbourne named Lonnie Morris died in the care of a breatharian couple. Lonnie had a copy of Jasmine's book, Living on Light, and she was trying to follow her fasting program. Lonnie wanted to complete this 21-day fasting process in the company of other breatharians, so she flew out to meet a couple who had both been newly initiated or completed the fast recently. The couple had apparently led 30 people through the initiation process before. Now, their names were Jim and Eugenia Pesnak. A month before the process, Jim sent Lonnie a document with the process's rituals. She was only allowed orange juice for the first week and would get nothing for the two weeks. 
that and the Pesnacks were not liable in case something went wrong. And once Lonnie got to their home, the couple housed Lonnie in their backyard caravan. They thought it was essential for her to be isolated. But after about a week, things went bad. Lonnie started to lose the ability to talk and move. She even started vomiting up black bile. But the Pesnacks were convinced that she was vomiting up all the spiritual and physical toxins that the fast were cleansing her of, so they didn't take her to the hospital. In fact, Jim thought that Lonnie was just hitting a spiritual blockage because of her childish refusal to let go of her emotional burdens. And the Pesnacks later said medical help could have interrupted Lonnie's spiritual journey or even killed her. But 11 days into the fast, Lonnie started to choke on the black bile. So at that point, Jim called an ambulance. And unfortunately, Lonnie died from pneumonia, severe dehydration, kidney failure, and the effects of a severe stroke. The Pesnacks were convicted of manslaughter for failing to get Lonnie any medical care, as they should. So is Jasmine a cult leader? Well, some people think she is, while other people think that she's just a woman with a lot of wacky beliefs. Let's hear a cult expert talking about yes. Jasmine. Because if she is saying that you can live in this world without eating and drinking, then that is a fraud. And people believe it. Then they're going to die. Dr. David Milliken studies cults, and he believes any way you look at it, Jasmine's message is a lie. I guess it's tempting to say that she's mad, but I shy away from that because my dealing with a lot of cult leaders leads me to believe that they actually believe intensely in what they're doing. But then I guess when she gets hungry and, and, and eats a piece of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, I, I would ask her then, uh, does she believe? Because of course she eats. How many followers do you think you have? We have no followers because we're dealing with intelligence switched on people who don't need gurus. Sorry, run that past me again. We have no followers. I write books. I put information out on the net. If people feel it works for them, they may apply some of the principles. How many supporters? Mm, probably 100 million. 100? 100 million. Oh, my God. You're doing well. We are. <laughs> Even she's like laughing a little bit when she says it. It was ridiculous. Well, I, I think she's just she's just dodging his questions. I mean, yeah. I feel like if somebody else asked her that, she probably would give a different response. Mm -hmm. I think part of the thing that makes her the most dangerous is the way she comes off. She's so like pure mm -hmm. and enlightened mm -hmm. and soft spoken. Like she has all the answers. I've got all the answers. You and I don't know if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Mm -hmm. but agree. in reality she's like preaching these horrific practices and promoting things that kill people by the time the internet age hit wiley had already you know long been exposed and his all of his crap was kind of already aired out and his belief system and claims grew more and more absurd to the point that he alienated most of his audience however jasmine capitalizes on the internet and masquerades as an enlightened spiritual you know eastern spirituality mm -hmm. she's really like capitalizing on all of that to continue her i don't know goal i guess you could say yeah is she a cult leader though just because she's promoting practices that i feel like you could argue it dangerous either way. because it's difficult because then you'd have to go and say like is deepak chopra is he a cult leader a lot of people follow his teachings and work you know like is every you would could basically say every religious leader is mm -hmm. a cult leader so i don't i don't think it's a 
cult leader. I don't think she's really, I don't really think Bretharians are cults per se, but I think it's, I mean, definitely charlatans for sure. You know, they're, it's, yeah, they're, they're people that are influential that are, you know, of course she's like, oh, I'm sharing all this, all this information and I'm not forcing anybody, you know, there's no forcing of people to do these things. Mm -hmm. People are doing them to themselves. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it's dangerous, yes, but can you put the blame on her? Like, is it that that's the difficult thing? It's the same thing as, as somebody promoting a, a supplement or something that has no scientific research to it. You can make these claims, and are you at the end of the day liable for people taking the supplement and not getting the results? You know, or you could say, you know, same same thing with Liver King. You know, he's mm-hmm. promoting promoting his yeah. brand and saying that he's never taken steroids before, but then behind the scenes, he's taken steroids. It's the same thing as what she's doing, right? Mm-hmm. She's promoting something and then behind the scenes doing something else. But it's like, is it your fault as the person for not considering that maybe they're full of shit? And yeah, you you know, you should second guess what they're saying to you and the people that blindly follow. Is that you know, does Is that make the them a part of a cult? I don't mm-hmm. think so. I don't think cult necessarily yeah, is the right, I see right what you're saying, term right. for this. Yeah. Blind blind followers, sure, but it's not forcing anybody to do this. So in 1999, Australia's 60 Minutes ended up filming a special on Jasmine, and they offered to test her claims using an experiment. They would monitor her in a hotel room 24 hours a day for seven days a week and see if she ate or drank anything. She would also be visited daily by a doctor who would keep track of her health and vitals. Here's a clip of Jasmine agreeing to this. You might dismiss Jasmine as merely the latest in a colorful line of New Age carpetbaggers, except her message is dangerous and she's deluded. <laughs> Jasmine actually it believes she can live without food or water. In fact, when we suggested a test, without hesitation, she agreed. So you're happy that we lock you up for seven days and watch you die? You wouldn't watch me die. I'd come out smiling and laughing of your holiday. But you're happy that we lock you up for seven days? Can we do it somewhere really beachy and yummy? No, lock you up inside. Oh, no problem. No problem. Jasmine was obviously pretty confident, as you could see, that the test would go her way. But surprise, surprise, that's not exactly what happened. Here's footage from her week-long test. We installed Jasmine in a Brisbane hotel with a roster of female security guards in her room 24 hours a day to ensure she didn't eat or drink. Her progress was checked by Dr. Beris Wink, president of the Queensland branch of the Australian Medical Association. And by day two, there were already problems. So you're now over um, you know, five percent dehydrated. I did four weeks today. You were pleased. Is that good? I don't know. If we let this go much longer, that's going to damage your damage your kidney. Day three, and Jasmine was complaining that city pollution was limiting the nutrients she was able to derive from breathing fresh air. We were stacking the test against her, she claimed. So we agreed to move to another location. Oh, I just smell the air. We went 20 kilometers outside Brisbane to a place called Clear Mountain. Here, Jasmine was happy again, but starting to look gaunt. 
By day four, her condition had deteriorated dramatically. Her pulse rate was up, blood pressure down, and she had lost six kilos. It's Friday night. You started on Monday night. How much water have you had? None. None whatsoever? No, I'm not allowed. How, how much food? No, I'm not allowed. How are you feeling? I feel really good now I'm here. You want a lay opinion? A lay opinion? A lay opinion. Yeah, well, I'd look like I'd lost a lot of weight, and the doctor confirmed so. Yeah, yeah. You're not looking real well? No, I feel good. You're now quite dehydrated, probably over 10%, getting up to 11%. I think last night was 5%. My mouth's still moist, and my skin's not bad, so... But the question and her is, eyes, her eyes are a little sunken. Her pulse is about double what it was when she started. Is she entering a dangerous period? Very much so. This is four 24-hour days she's gone now. And what are the risks? Well, the, risk is, the risks if she goes any further are kidney failure. She's burning up her fat and her muscle. That means uh, she's hardly passing any urine. Oh, true. I and did four she, times today. It's too dangerous to continue? Very much so. Too dangerous to continue. 60 minutes would be culpable if they encouraged her to, uh, to continue. So she should stop now? She should stop now. Can you come to the intelligent view yet? If my body you, tells me, yes. That you can't survive on air? No, that's not true because I've done it for a long period of time. And the last time, look, 6,000 people have done this around the world without any problem, Richard. But look, even to a layman like me, at the end of four days, I can see your body's collapsing. Will you because yet I've come spent to... two days fighting carbon monoxide poisoning. If 60 Minutes didn't put me beside the Story Bridge, the busiest main road, where, like, I asked for fresh air, like 70% of my nutrients come from fresh air, I couldn't even breathe in that place. Can you explain how she can believe this, given the evidence in front of her? Because I've done it before. I can't, and I mean... The vast majority of the, the community out there don't believe for one second that Jasmine practices what she preaches. And, uh, don't say such terrible things on national television and assault the audience out there. But unfortunately, there are a few people who may believe what she says, and I'm sure that's only a few, but I think it's quite irresponsible for someone to be trying to encourage others to do something that is so detrimental to their health and well-being. So as you can hear, she blamed the failure of the experiment on the fact that she was stuck in that hotel room for the first two days and wasn't able to get the right nutrients for her body. She did say later that the 60 Minutes experiment was a humbling experience, but she claimed that she would have completed the test if they hadn't have stopped her. So of course. this is what she had to say about that. And the gift that 60 Minutes gave me was great humility. You know, um, what was recorded, how they presented it to the world, was not my truth, was not how I interpreted it. I was strong, I was healthy, I could have easily passed their test. But they chose to finish it on day five for reasons they said, which were not my truth. Um, they chose to put it out into the airways the program they did. They wanted to show the world that Jasmine was deluded, and they probably did a good job with that. It destroyed my reputation in the world on one level, which gave me the gift of freedom. Freedom. See the big pitcher of water right next to her? Yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, bro. <laughs> I'm doing much better now that I've had plenty of liquids. I'm yeah. not dehydrated anymore. You can yeah. even just tell her energy level and everything is different about her vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So in 2012, an unnamed Swiss woman died after she tried to complete Jasmine's 21-day initiation process. She was so committed that she even spit out her own saliva. Yikes, that's crazy. That death sounds brutal. Mm. The woman had told her kids that she would stop fasting if it became dangerous. Unfortunately, they later found her dead in her home. Her cause of death was starvation. In 2017, two Bertharians died. The first was a 22-year-old German man who died after he told his family he was going to live off of light and air. The second was a Dutch woman named Jeanette who lived with a group of three other Bertharians. Investigators believe the woman died during a fast after the other three members failed to get her medical treatment. The group was also inspired by Jasmine. Navina Shine is a British woman living in Seattle who became a follower of Jasmine. In 2013, she created a blog and a YouTube channel called Living on Light to document a dangerous Bertharian experiment. Navina uploaded video diaries of her attempting to live on nothing but water and tea and coffee for 100 days. She set up cameras all over her house to provide proof that she wasn't eating. She was 65 years old and already decently thin when she started the experiment, so that made the situation even more dangerous. Jasmine actually reached out to Navina on day 20 of her fast. She basically encouraged her on her mission, and they talked about how amazing pranic living was. Over the course of the experiment, Navina became significantly thinner and lost a lot of weight. Many viewers commented on her social media posts and told her to stop the deadly experiment. Thankfully, after 47 days, Navina stopped her fast. Closing off on uh, Jasmine here. So obviously, and kind of like how she was saying, she took a big hit, you know, in the media for her 60 minutes or whatever. And she actually ended up being given the Ig Nobel Prize, which is basically a parody of the real Nobel Prize. <laughs> um, for basically a satire prize for unscientific research. And just to give you an example of who else has won this prize, L. Ron Hubbard, oh, founder perfect. of Scientology. Perfect. I bet they run in similar circles. Yeah. So if you look around YouTube, there's a lot of people claiming to be Bertharians promoting the lifestyle. And many of these people are pretty much grifters just trying to sell workshops and coaching sessions. And if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that a lot of these so-called Bertharians actually eat foods like fruits and vegetables. Some of these con artists even use the term eating Bertharians to describe themselves. They claim that they choose to eat for the taste or for social reasons, but of course they could live on air and light alone if they really wanted to. These people come up with all sorts of on-the-spot justifications for eating or drinking when they're caught. For example, before we mentioned the Bertharian sun gazer, Hiro Rotan Menek, who claimed he hadn't eaten in decades. Well, it turns out he was photographed eating a full plate of food in an Indian restaurant. There he is. He's also conveniently used his busy schedule as an excuse when he was caught. He said that he was under a lot of stress and exhaustion because of traveling, so he ate to relieve some emotional stress. He was simply just an eating Bertharian. <laughs> According to Eden Pranic Center, which is a Bertharian retreat company, there are four levels of Bertharians. Level one is to be aware of pranic energy. Level two is to begin experiencing more of this energy. Level three is to manifest the Bertharian state and only occasionally have solid or liquid food stable four-month state. Level four is to manifest a Bertharian state and no longer have caloric intake. So in theory, anyone who's watching this could be a level one Bertharian. Mm, or right. even better, if you like skipped breakfast or something today, <laughs> you're a level two. Oh, Kendall, mm. level two Bertharian. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So our, our old pal Wiley Brooks actually died in 2016 at the age of 80. His followers continue to update the Bertharian Institute's social media pages. The Institute is still run today by a man named Brandon Day. Brandon was the first person to graduate from Wiley's Immortality Workshop. 
Jasmaheen still continues to preach her Bertharian method. She also attends the annual Pranic World Festival, which is a yearly Bertharian festival that takes place in Italy. In case you were wondering, at this festival, you can eat three meals a day plus dessert and drinks. So ironic. Also at this festival, you can get a chance to see Victor Truviano. Victor is a level four Bertharian who claims to have not eaten since 2007. His website says that he lives in a state of permanent happiness. Oh man, I would love to live. That'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. He also only sleeps two to four hours a day and sometimes goes days without sleeping. Victor is considered so powerful in Bertharianism that pranic festival attendees will line up just to stare into his eyes for 30 seconds. It's believed that his gaze will transmit some sort of healing power or energizing force. We've got a clip of the this bizarre meet and greet, but there's no sound. So for those listening, I'm sorry, but here is the meet and greet. Okay, just come Beautiful. up to him. They're like people in line going up to this dude. They're kind of holding hands. I wonder how much that costs. It reminds me of Steve Martin in Baby Mama. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, when he's like, I'm going to reward you with 30 seconds of un- uninterrupted eye <laughs> yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's got to that be dude. so awkward. Look at all the people around him. Just amazing. Look at the kid in the background. <laughs> the kid's like, what the fuck? Where's the dessert? <laughs> yeah, seriously. You people are whack. Beautiful. Interesting. Another couple that practices Bertharianism are Camila and Akai, and they're arguably the most prominent in Bertharianism in today's time. They currently host various retreats and online classes, and they host eight-day living retreats, and each person pays upwards of $1,000. Since there are no doctors at the retreats to supervise, Camila and Akai use something called BioWell. It's basically a small white box that is meant to measure a person's energy and alignment. Wow, interesting. During their two pregnancies, Camilla actually practiced Bertharianism, which sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah, seems so very scary. dangerous. It's horrible. Camilla claims that she only ate four times during her pregnancy. Talk about it's malnutrition awful. for your baby. That's horrific. Yeah, it's extremely sad, honestly. In a post, she said, "All I knew was my son would be nourished enough by my love, and this would <laughs> allow him to grow healthily." I don't think "healthily" is a word, is it? Healthily in my womb. I think it is. I went for regular pregnancy checkups and my doctor confirmed the above average growth of a very healthy baby boy. But to close out, eating is good and healthy. Yes. Maybe some of you are eating while you're listening to this and mm-hmm. good for you. I can't wait to eat dinner tonight. It's going to be a s- extra extra good dinner after this episode. <laughs> Better be yellow foods only. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my chicken mm-hmm. and my <laughs> mustard. My mustard sauce. But food is fuel and you need it to live. Amen. But beyond that, Eating is just fun and enriching. Life without good food would be terrible. I wouldn't want to live in a world with no food. Eating and cooking can really be a spiritual practice and experience and nourishing your body and giving yourself fuel is definitely a way you can connect with your higher self or higher power. Eating is also an important social experience and a way to connect with others. Again, anyone that tells you that humans can live off of air and light alone is clearly sick or trying to sell you something because it's just not possible And as you saw and heard, it's extremely dangerous. So what are your overall thoughts? Would you try it out? If I were going to be a Bertharian, I would follow Wiley's diet for sure. Because you want the Mickey D's? Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Well, and so that's the conflicting thing Mm -hmm. among Bertharians is like, if you go to Wiley's website, Bertharianism.com. The Wiley way. He says anybody trying to tell you that Bertharians aren't, aren't supposed to eat are, you know, the ones you want to run away Bulls. from. Right. And that there's a diet. There's a special diet that you follow for mm. Bertharianism. 
yeah, I would probably go with Wiley's route because you do get to eat and he encourages it. And who doesn't love McDonald's? So, <laughs> but all the others, I mean, it's very, uh, very dangerous. Yeah, it's really sad hearing about all the people who, you know, fell into this trap and thought that they were going to be doing something good for themselves by going on this crazy starvation diet. Yeah. Horrible and way to die, too. I'm sure there are so many others out there that have you know, developed an eating disorder due to breatharianism and these practices. So, And just extreme just dieting in general. I mean, yeah. this is like arguably the most extreme version, but, you know, there's so many people out there that claim that they know the best way to live or the best thing to eat or don't eat this and blah, blah, blah. And there's so many conflicting things out there. And so when you go back to the golden question of like, is this a cult or not? I don't think it is. Or I don't think that, you know, these people and it's bad advice. Jasmine yeah. are necessarily cult leaders. No, Mm-mm, I don't think so. Either. Um, I think they're just idiots who unfortunately have some followers. Yeah. I think the thing you got to remember too, is like these self-proclaimed breatharians are not really practicing what they preach. Mm-hmm. They're what they're really doing is doing some like extreme fasting. And then also obviously taking some for form of nourishment. They're drinking water Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I mean, you really have to look at it and be like, well, it's, it's kind of all just bullshit because there's, you know, you're saying one thing, but then you're doing another, or then you're saying, oh, well then certain things are okay, but some are not. And it's just like, at what point do you draw the line? And like fasting, I mean, fasting has been proven through research to be, you know, a good thing in, in controlled amounts. Like if you do it right and you don't deprive your, your body of, of nourishment altogether, Fasting is a thing that's been around for a very, very long time. I mean, intermittent fasting is huge mm-hmm. these days. Um, a lot of people are doing it and doing it in a safe way. And, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that it can be um, an effective way to lose weight and various other benefits. But you're you're still, you know, you're not giving up food altogether. The whole point is to be able to eat during a window right. and eat, get all your nourishment during then. And then you're, you know, you're fasting through the rest of the day. But I mean, fasting has been in religious practices since mm-hmm. the dawn of, dawn of time. So it's really, again, going back to what this really comes down to is extremism. It's mm-hmm. like taking spiritual ideas, religious ideas, and then going an yeah, extreme so route for the shock and awe, right? Because what does shock and awe equal? It equals money. People will yep. pay for shock and awe. Yep. And that's what in we control, find in this world. Control, power, power yeah. ego. And it's funny because... The whole point of all of breatharianism is to become enlightened, be one with God and, you know, ascend into the fifth dimension and everything and be on a higher frequency. But what it really seems like is is just a mass for individuals to get major boosts to the ego and make some money Yeah, with these workshops Which, and classes and books and this and mm-hmm. that. And it's just like. And I feel like that's the part that is similar to cult leaders. Yes. Yep. Is the whole idea of like going to the extreme having all these claims, like what's his face was once Jesus and whatever. Yeah. Charging all these people like that. I think there are some definitely like cult like characteristics in these people, but that can Mm -hmm. be said with like pretty much everybody online leaders and yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, across all facets of, of interests, like not just spiritual, Mm -hmm. like spirituality, but you could say ufology, you could say conspiracies, you can say, basically every interest Mm -hmm. in the world if you dive into that i guarantee you're going to find people who have bold claims with little evidence that are selling something 
Yeah. Because that's that's what it comes always. down to is it's always all almost every single one of these people, you go to their website and guess what? They got shit to sell you. Very rarely <laughs> do these people just offer up the information and it's all free and it's all just because I'm truly an enlightened spirit. Like I am, they claim it's for the greater good. They're just trying to save people, save humanity, make people's lives better. But just yeah. like right. fucking Sherry with her organ belts. Oh, yeah. Discs. Yep. Belts. The pucks. Yeah. The <laughs> Puck organ pucks. Belts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And that's the thing is, and that's what I would say to people out there is if you, cause it's so easy to, to fall into these, you know, these people's groups and, and get kind of soak, you know, soak yourself in it and start believing, you know, in these people and their mission and yeah. supporting them. And I, I've, I've fallen victim to it myself. I've fallen victim to people who I think are, you know, are really? on the right path and really believe in something and really have some answers and therefore I go and I buy all their stuff and I go to their store, buy all their books, buy all their DVDs, listen to all their talks, support them. Oh yeah. And I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then what you find out is, and when you kind of take an exterior view of it, you're like, Oh shit, I totally just fell in the, mm -hmm. you know, I fell for it. And they're con artists. They're good at it. And, but that's the, the hard thing about it though, is I don't necessarily think all of these people are 100% con artists. Mm -hmm. I think they, believe truly in what they're what they're preaching and they're just they're trying to benefit off of it too at the same time and it's hard because it's like how can you blame them we all have to survive we all have to make money and that's the argument is like they have to make money somehow the world doesn't you know isn't free so that's why they're selling their knowledge and you should be able to sell your knowledge but but it's difficult when you're making bold claims you're with, bullshit you know so that's my thoughts on it well, anyway, guys, we want to hear your thoughts on Bertharianism, on Wiley, on Jasmine. And we are looking forward to the next year of amazing podcasts. We have a bunch of great stuff planned. And we hope that you guys are having a good start to your year. But that Indeed. is going to be it for us today. Make sure you're following the show on Spotify right yes. now. Go to Spotify. Make sure you're following the show there. It does really help us out. It, it doesn't does. cost you anything. It's a free way to support the show. And we it really does massively help us it out. It does. And That's subscribe on to... Apple Podcasts yeah. as well. Leave us a rating or review on any of the platforms and subscribe on YouTube. Yes. And, and buy in the special elixir in the merch store we just released. <laughs> yeah. Okay? yeah. Yep. It's $100,000 for a bottle I'm not going to tell you water. what's in it, but it's magic. We breathe into it and it becomes magic. Good stuff. It's good stuff. We'll anyway, see you guys, guys next yes. week. Yep, we will see you then. But until then, keep on taking your mind a mile high.